This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Welcome back to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing. And today we have a very special edition of our show focused on what Halloween 2020 looks like for a candy company. I'm here with my co-host, Professor Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the world's only brand identity theorist. Hello, Americus. Hi, Barbara. So in 2020, I turned 50. And uh, <laughs> yes, and uh, actually, uh, you know, this may be TMI, too much information, but today I got my first colonoscopy <laughs> and uh, and, you know, the prep was incredible because I couldn't eat anything. So what I did do because I couldn't have any food, I just chewed gum for an entire day. And uh, you know what it did? It made me wonder as I was like looking at, at, the, at gum brands, it kind of made me wonder like, wow, what, you know, how do you unpack? Sorry about that. All of the, the marketing that's associated with, you know, this kind of a product category. How do you innovate? How does that market look? How is, you know, all these things that we talk about on the show, Barbara, with respect to COVID and that kind of specific product. Do you have anything for me where I could learn something? You know, we just might have as our special guest today, Chris Brody, who's the brand contact architect, that's some title, that's brand awesome. content <laughs> architect, architect at Mars Wrigley, which mm, is the world's yes. largest candy maker and Halloween powerhouse. Welcome, mm -hmm. Chris, to our to our humble abode here. Thank you, Barbara. Zoom Thank City. you, Americans. So happy to be here. Happy to have you here, Chris. Thanks so much for your time. So well, thank you very much. Tell us a little bit before we get into Mars and Wrigley and everything you're doing for Halloween. I know you're doing some really cool things like treat town. Um, yeah. But tell us how you got into candy. Yes, I so I went to uh, grad school at another school up in uh, Evanston, Illinois, and uh, <laughs> I went, went into my internship right after after that at, at Mars Wrigley in Chicago. So I've been fortunate to be uh, in uh, in CPG marketing for about eleven years now. Most of them at Mars Wrigley in a couple different offices. Right now, I'm based out of of New Jersey, and I've been able to work on our gum brands as well as uh, our chocolate and, and fruity confections brands and some fantastic brands here that are, are such a pleasure to, to work on. And times of year like Halloween when there's there's no more important time for confectionery than, than this time. This is kind of our Super Bowl, our big game within the year. So everything really gears up to now. So let me ask you, you know, America's cued it in with this lovely colonoscopy story, but um, <laughs> I would imagine that there's differences between gum and chocolate. I mean, to me, those are, I'm a huge candy person. So to me, chocolate and gum, that's like the difference between, you know, wine and, and beer. They're so different. I don't see them as in the same category. Is, is that the yeah. way you think about them? Or are... I, I, yeah, I think, I think you're right. They, they do play separate and complementary roles. And having worked on both, there are so many benefits of, of either one. What I was thinking when you said that, Americus, and I haven't normally been set up for a story using a, a colonoscopy story before. so this is, might be a first but when you mentioned that i thought wow americas must be he must have great con concentration right now because gum really helps you with concentration yes. um, that's not probably not what you were going for but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah so you, so gum has different benefits whether it's breath freshening or or, or concentration and for, for chocolate um and for fruity confections we know 
you know, having a treat, uh, there's multiple different uh, ways that, in which that works in folks' lives, whether it's connecting with others, um, whether it is uh, rewarding yourself or celebrating in the case of, of Halloween or, or other seasons. It's really at the center of, of some of our big seasons and especially Halloween when you think of the rituals, so much uh, of, of it is geared around you know, the collection, the enjoyment of, and the, the conversation around uh, candy. So it's fun to be right at the, at the center there. So tell us your big brands. What, which are your big brands at Mars? So some of our big brands, M&M's, Snickers, Twix, Skittles, Starburst, Milky Way, Three Musketeers, Dove. So we've got a lot of great brands that are really top wow. of mind so uh, let's, during this time. So let's look at M&M's just to start. I mean, talk about sure. creativity up the wazoo. Yeah. Uh, how much of that have you been involved with, with everything M&M's has been doing? Well, I've, it's a, there's a, a lot of, of great folks who have been a part of M&M's. I've been fortunate to be a part of it, particularly on the seasonal side mm. over the last couple of years. And mm -hmm. you're right, there's no more uh, enjoyable a brand. Talk about bringing fun into people's lives at the times when, when they need it and when they're uh, socializing with others. And that's why M&M's is one of the, the big heroes in our Halloween efforts, whether it's the new products that we're coming out with or the this new digital trick-or-treating mm. experience. So that's how we kind of knew that this it's key for M&Ms to be one of the core brands there because it's so widely recognized and it's so associated with, with fun and connection uh, amongst, uh, amongst consumers. I can tell you, I have these slides in my deck for consumer behavior about like the green M&M &M and her, yep. she had a person, wasn't she like, she was up to no good as far as I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> M &M. Um, and didn't you have like people pick their own colors or, I mean, like there's been a lot going on in them. It's hard yeah. to believe you could have so much creativity right. about a little tiny candy right. that's chocolate. Yeah. You know, how could you come up with so many, Americans was wondering about, you know, how could you keep coming up with new ideas, but M&Ms, it's no, amazing. There's a lot of history and personality there. And you're right, there's characters for each of the mm -hmm. colors and green has, mm -hmm. you know, she's she's pretty sassy and she's not gonna <laughs> let you get away with anything. So they all have their, awesome. their different characters that work in nicely, you know, whether it's every day or the, the seasonal time frame. Yeah, what, what I love about it, Chris, is this idea that you, because Barbara's touching on it, the notion of, we call it anthropomorphism. When you actually give an inanimate object, uh, a humanistic or a human type of personality. And I love that idea because it so greatly differentiates what you're doing, but it also nicely adds what, like Barbara's saying, a creativity layer on top of the innovation stuff, right? Because I mean, I mean, in my mind, Chris, you know, melts in your mouth, not in your hands. I mean, I mean, this is like the type of stuff that just like was burned into my memory as a child. And I just remember the handful, I was just like walk around with the handful. And so, you know, it's just like, it's part of your, your, it's the nostalgia of who you are growing up. I study identity. So yeah. you guys must consistently like go back to this mantra of really doing this type of thing to create like this deeper kind of thing with your consumers. Is that correct? Absolutely. And I think what you're touching on is one, there's that sense of nostalgia. There is a lot of history and there are indelible messages and equities associated with the brand. So we want to respect that, we want to build on that, but at the same time, we want to keep the brands fresh and relevant. And so that's, that, sometimes that's the, the challenge is how do we make sure we're building on everything that we've developed and, and built up as a company into this brand, into the product, the characters over time, um, and then also make sure we're able to, 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 to keep it fresh to them and, and show how it's, it fits into their lives more than ever before. 
So before we talk about what's going on for Halloween, let me, I'm just looking at some of your candy. Like I look at Skittles and Skittles is also like a colored little, they're little balls of colored stuff too. I mean, it's not yeah. chocolate, but you never played. I don't remember seeing like those same kind of games with Skittles as you do with M&M. So I'm just yeah. curious. Totally like, different brand personality. Yeah. How, yeah. how do you make yeah, those you're decisions? Right. You're right. The, the, the product format, they look somewhat similar. Certainly the, the insides are different, but the, the Skittles personality is so distinctive from M&M's, but from any other brand. It's really this well-established upside down rainbow kind of uh, playing with, uh, with, with, uh, with random humor and, mm -hmm. uh, and just mm -hmm. irreverent uh, uh, personality. Um, and there's a lot built into that that's so much fun to, to play with as well. I think one great example of how, what we were just talking about of taking the equities that you've established. So Skittles, Taste the Rainbow is really well established and the fun and the, the, the humor. But then how we built on that was last year we had a launch of zombie Skittles and it's, we're going to year two this year. So it's a Halloween only uh, entry. And in this you have five fruity flavors, but amongst that, one of them tastes like zombie flesh and you don't know which oh, one. No. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, a, with a tangy finish, let's say. Um, <laughs> But, but it's uh, but that made for a really um, engaging experience between friends and family, as you can imagine, very much something you want to video uh, yourself uh, tasting or having your friends or family taste, uh, because you don't know which one will be the, the zombie. Oh, I gotta go get. The, oh, God, I love this stuff. So I mean, <laughs> how much? Here I am, an old person, and I adore this stuff. How much of your stuff is marketed to kids versus adults, or like, are you? All of it is a, is is above thirteen. Actually, Mars is really really uh, disciplined about this. We've got something that called our Mars Marketing Code, where we're uh, we're prohibited, and we all really live into the spirit of marketing to above thirteen. So, mm. in the case of the seasons, we're actually looking for that millennial parent who's seasonally inclined, who's looking for Halloween supplies or candy or preparing for the season. Um, and then we kind of go through them as the gatekeeper, the rest of their family can can enjoy as well. But we never directly market to, to kids. Oh, I see. So that's a that's a big ethical consideration. Oh, that's great. And because kids, yeah, I'm sure kids will get the get the message here. It's pretty clear uh, what where the fun is. So tell us, let's start. Let's go to Halloween 2020. And first of all, how have you been doing in COVID? Is, is that been like how have you handled so, it? <laughs> right. So we, we certainly saw early on in, I'd say, April, uh, we saw that there were significant uh, changes when it came to Easter playing out. And we, we looked ahead to Halloween and said, look, this is the biggest time of year for this category. We know there are going to be changes in the way people celebrate together, the way they shop, um, the way that they practice rituals associated with the season. And so let's plan ahead for that. One, thinking of our consumer they're, they're allowing them to still be able to celebrate in a, in a safe and fun way to help our, our, our retailers to make sure they, they have a fulfilling uh, season as well uh, and to just enable continuity for the season. And so we, we made adjustments right then at, at, uh, in April. And, and mind you, Halloween takes about two, two plus years to plan, each season does. So we're about a year and a half into that planning already and, and we needed to make some adjustments at that point. And, and so what we did, you know, some of the, the steps we took, we streamlined the portfolio, make sure that the largest and most important uh, products would get out there. Um, we, you know, we, we made sure that we had the business con continuity, of course, that all of our associates were, were safe 
in uh, and, and safely working, in, whether it's in the factories or whether they're working remotely. Uh, and then the other big step that we took was setting up this really innovative digital trick-or-treating program, which we're launching this Thursday, October 1st. Um, it's going to be a full month of digital trick-or-treating, if you can believe that. And uh, it, 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 in this, you can trick-or-treat. I don't care what that time. means. What's digital trick-or-treating? Yeah, I'll, I will, I'll unpack it a little bit. So you can, you can trick-or-treat with any fr friends or family across the country uh, digitally, and then you you trade in your, the candy credits that are collected in this trick-or-treating oh. for real Mars Wrigley candy uh, with retailers, whether it's online or in-store. So uh, I'm happy to walk you through this a, a little bit. So you you get in there and mm -hmm. you, you, you sign up and you, uh, as a candy giver, you can buy candy credits that you give away. So these are virtual candies oh. and they look like our fun oh, size pieces and then the trick-or-treaters will come by and they'll they'll grab them one by one mm -hmm. and they have their own costume their monster customized costume all uh, i want to do this so how do yeah. they get to how do they do i have to know the people who are going to trick-or-treat at my house or it could be i could do it anywhere great question you you can connect with your friends and family anywhere so and that's kind of the one of the big breakthroughs is normally we're all trick-or-treating within a four block radius this opens right. it up so that grandma in florida can be trick-or-treating with her grandchildren uh, up in Washington that's State. Great. That's yeah. a great. Can idea. I trick-or-treat with strangers too? Or I have to know the people. You can. And that was a big thing as we were designing this, Barbara. One thing we were worrying about was let's make sure this is not something that you only get a good experience for if you're in an affluent neighborhood or community. And so we were able to we were able to open it up so that it's actually a very democratic experience. You can trick-or-treat with anyone anywhere, and everything is fully. Uh, secure and private. So there's no personal information being shared uh, amongst the public. And you always have the option to restrict it to just your friends and family if you like. But you can open it up so that your neighbors will be able to trick or treat. And then, then uh, if, if anyone else um, that, that you know that you're connected with across the country wants to as well, then, then you're connected with them. I'm definitely doing this yeah. because I live in the city of Philly. I love Halloween and I love trick-or-treating. And when I first moved here, I bought a whole big bag of candy to give out and nobody came to my house. So now yeah. I really want to do it. And if I can do it, that would be great. I like yeah. the whole idea of it. It's a great, great idea. Let me reintroduce you. We're, this is Marking Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn, and I'm here with Americus Reed. And we're talking to Chris Brody, who's the brand content architect at Mars Wrigley. And he's talking about a new innovation that Mars has developed for Halloween this year, which is digital trick-or-treating called Treat Town. And it starts, I guess, in a few days. So we get to do it very soon. That's right. Yep, that's on Thursday. Let, let me ask you this, Chris, because Barbara and I always uh, think about the question of when the pandemic is over and we are back to the next normal. You know, we think about marketing strategies and/or and consumer behaviors. What are the ones that are going to stick, and what are the ones that are going to go back to what we were used to? And let me ask you this on the strategic side, because uh, to Barbara's point. This is a fantastic idea. So are you, you're probably gonna roll this out every single year, right? And try to do, or will, or will the next version 2.0 be part digital and part physical? And- Omni-channel, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so what are your thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, I, those are great, uh, great questions, Americus. We definitely see this as having a, a major, being able to bring value beyond this year. So this year in particular, it's, it's fitting a need. As, as we know, 
trick-or-treating is going to be different this year, and still a lot of it will be physical. We know that it's more important than ever. 74% of parents are saying Halloween has never been more important than this year. So this is a way to help people celebrate Halloween in a year that, again, it looks like no other before. Now that said, going forward, once we've established this, and particularly considering that it offers new benefits like trick-or-treating with anyone, friends and family across the country, that's a very complimentary experience to physical trick-or-treating. So mm -hmm. even this year, if you're physically trick-or-treating, my family is gonna be physically trick-or-treating in, in the neighborhood safely, and we'll also be engaging in the app with our, with our, uh, our family uh, across the country. And I think it, it can play that similar role with consumers going forward. But we will have to take it up a notch to answer mm -hmm. your question. <laughs> mm -hmm. Interesting, have you ever thought about Chris, because my daughter, she's nine years old, she's not 13 yet, but uh, she loves these virtual games. She loves this game called Roblox. And, and one of the things that I think is interesting that I, which kind of shocks me is that there are no brands in there yet. You know what I mean? So she's gonna like do stuff and she, can, she, has, a, she has this little job. She's a pizza delivery person. So she delivers <laughs> pizza, she gets a check, she gets paid, she gets yeah. goes and she does it. This whole, that. cool. It's crazy, it's crazy, Barbara. Yeah. This whole world. So it's, at some point, this is gonna open up, right? To brands like that are innovative and on cutting edge like uh, like Mars Wrigley. So talk, have you thought about like, you know, virtual reality kinds of things and augmented reality kinds of applications that might also be spurred on by the pandemic and the COVID world? Yeah, yeah, we've got to look at all of those. We're, we're, we're looking at all of those types of experiences. I, I'm with you. My, my kids also um, are in, involved, not so much in roadblock, but in Animal Crossing. So similarly, it's, it's kind of a, a, a role-playing and very kind of safe setup. Um, for, for Mars Wrigley, obviously, we have to be careful about mm -hmm. making sure we're, we're always marketing to over 13, as I mentioned before. But we can get inspired by these games. And what I see is there's a cross-generation appeal in many of these games as well. So roadblock. Roblox, as well as Animal Crossing and, uh, you know, My uh, Minecraft and others. And we actually were able to learn some from the, the gaming uh, aspects of those, the, the elements that are, that some of the elements that are so interesting. So customizing your avatar, taking, keeping track of your inventory. In this case, it's the candy you're collecting throughout the experience mm -hmm. uh, and making that a bit of a treasure hunt as you go. And so some of that are just great lessons in terms of what uh, what people really enjoy doing, what keeps them coming back, because we wanted to make the Treat Town a full month long experience, not just something you get into transactionally and get out of, but something that was going to bring uh, some celebration and fun throughout the, the month of October. So I was thinking about this, that you, you guys make candy and gum, that's like candy and gum. So then I was wondering if you were going to go, what, what would be your growth strategy? And I was thinking, you guys do go internationally, don't you? I mean, is that, so you, do you have international? I, I feel like yes. I see it in duty yeah, free, absolutely. all these international yes. kinds of, so I'm, yeah, I don't know if you're involved with that or, or not, but I wonder how candy's different around the world. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a, a, we've got an enormous global business, and it's exciting to be a part of a global business. And in particular, in my role, I get to communicate with partners across all different markets. And what we find is there are a lot of there is a lot of common ground, and a lot of our brands like M and M's and like Snickers and Skittles. We we bring those to life globally in a remarkably consistent way because they're tapping into universal. Uh, needs and there's a kind of a universal appeal that will work in multiple markets. Well, that said, of course, each different market has its own 
local intricacies. And so there is a tailored element, in many cases, of the, the, the way that you communicate, the way that you, you, uh, you, you uh, uh, communicate with, with consumers in those markets. So we have to be smart about that and make sure that we're, we're giving them uh, what, they, what, what they need and, and speaking to them in a, in a language and communicating with them, with them in, uh, at the right touch points that make sense based on, on where they live and, and who they are. But it's actually interesting when I go, because I used to, back in the old days, I traveled a lot and I went to these international markets and in the duty-free shops, I would see a lot of M&Ms kind of things. And there I would be like in Europe where they might, you know, Swiss chocolate or Belgian chocolate or something like that. And there's M&Ms in the duty-free shop. So I was just wondering how, how that all works. Like, because it does seem like some of this candy is somewhat regional, but you're, you're suggesting it's global. So yeah, and just to build on to build on Barbara's question, Chris, does that mean does that translate into different taste profiles across different international markets? Would, would, would an M and M in Bangladesh be completely different from an M and M in Wisconsin? So there will be some. There are some different flavor profiles that are popular in you know in Asian markets, for for example, that will may not be as relevant in certain European markets. Uh, but there are there are products like Skittles, like M and M's, where there is that consistency across, and and we've we've found those those uh, uh, recipes that are are universally appealing. So I'd say it's a bit of a combination. Interesting. And so let me ask you this, Chris. So. I mean, as, as you continue to try to mo, uh, innovate, what, are, what do you think are some of the, if you can share this with us, because you guys might be working on chapter six and we don't even know it. I mean, the, yeah, the great, they're a year and a half. I know, right? The great, us, the, great right? Companies, the great companies are playing chess, like Barbara's saying. He's but, on but, Valentine's Day for sure. <laughs> right. But I'm, I'm, can you speak on some, some general kind of, you know, we understand um, the pandemic and COVID, but can you speak on some of the, the more general, interesting and perhaps non-obvious and perhaps even surprising trends that you're keeping out, keeping an eye on that you think are going to be relevant for your for your business yeah i think i, I think what we, when we talk about covid and your question before americus was which of these behaviors that we're seeing that the changes of are going to stick and which mm -hmm. ones are going to to you know lapse uh, and i think that we definitely observe we've observed so many different behaviors that are probably they're probably forever changed in a way. Um, and one just obvious one is online shopping, right? It, it was a, there was a dramatic spike over the first couple of months after the lockdown, but a lot of that is here to stay. And it's just accelerated the, the, the road that we were already on uh, in terms of adoption of, of uh, e-commerce. And, and so companies like Mars Wrigley need to make sure that we're, we're providing our products where uh, where they're being shopped, but they will be shopped for. Um, so that's that's a shopping one. But from a, from a usage standpoint, there's mm -hmm. a, a lot more of uh, what, what what I'll say is uh, baking within the home during seasons, mm -hmm. including Halloween. Uh, we're expecting more during holidays where it's always large within the home, but also gifting baking to other individuals. So mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of kindness coming out, which is mm -hmm. you know some of the the silver linings of. This can, this situation that we're in with people being kind I don't to each other. I have any of those friends. I gotta find. Some <laughs> <friends>. <laughs> Barbara, are you? Are I'll you bake saying, for you, Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> me, 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 and Chris are gonna bake you uh, an M and M cake. And we're that gonna, sounds so there you go. nice. That's and, a great and idea. And we're gonna we're gonna put zombie flesh flavored uh, icing on it. There you go. <laughs> right. Um, 
and then also I'd say watching watching movies together. You know, so some of those traditions that have always existed, but you're seeing those intensify, um, and people find creative ways to celebrate that that together, such as backyard movies uh, to, with with neighbors. So more of that, uh, more of that we'll see coming. Have you felt any pressure? You know, you're very strict, and I appreciate that you are about this over 13 and trying to be a responsible marketer and things like that. Uh, so have you felt any need to get involved in any of the political debate? Or is candy an area that you can just stay away from all of that? Yeah, I don't think that that's the role that we're that consumers are counting on us to play. I think that uh, when we talk about M&Ms, for instance, bringing fun into into their lives, I think that's never been more important. And uh, and so that's we're, we're really pro working on how can we bring value into consumers' lives? How can we deliver better moments that make that make the world smile? Is really what we're that's our mission. Um, and to 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 weigh in on political discourse is probably not our the way that we're going to do that. But it's really leaning into. What are the benefits of our products? What's the how can our the personality of our brands bring a smile to to an individual's face or form a connection? Uh, and that's what we'll really focus on. Look, we're at a, we're out of time now, Chris. It's been so much fun talking to you. Where can listeners go to keep up with all the great things that Mars Wrigley's doing for Halloween and else elsewhere? Well, I I think a, a good example, a good uh, suggestion would be to go to the App Store to download Treat Town or Treat. Dash town right after this, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thanks so much, Americus and Barbara. I appreciate the, the time. Thanks a lot, yeah. Chris. We really appreciate your wisdom. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.